0: This is Adam Barr. Welcome to the Organic Outreach Podcast. Together, we're learning how to influence our world and share our faith naturally. We do this by providing resources, leading cohorts, and equipping leaders through conferences and intensives. At Organic Outreach International, we believe every Christian plays a part in fulfilling the Great Commission, and this podcast can help you do that. Today's podcast, we get to welcome in Sudhir Makla. Sudhir is from India, and since 1996, he and his family has answered God's call to minister to those in need in their native Andhra Pradesh on the east coast of India. Through their children's home, public school, medical facilities, and ministry outreach, they've been a beacon of hope to thousands of orphaned children, tribal people, and hurting individuals. Uh, We've had a chance to form a a partnership with Sudhir through Organic Outreach International. Uh, He's now taking the message of how to build outreach cultures in local churches to his own area, and it's been making a huge difference. Um, I'm excited to get a chance to share Sudhir's story with you as you listen in on our conversation. So I'm sitting here with Sudhir Makla. For our listeners, I'm guessing a lot of them probably don't have uh, firsthand knowledge of your, your home country, and mm-hmm. uh, of the place where you're located in India. So I think a lot of us probably know India as a place on the map, but can you okay. g- maybe just give us a picture of your homeland?
1: Now, India is, is, is a country with a lot of diversity and uh, I would say like uh, it is a third the size of America, but it, is, it has got a fifth of the world's population, which is 1. <laughs> 1. 1.3 billion. Wow. Uh, and, uh, and you know, the place I live is Vishakhapatnam. You can call it Vizak. Uh It is on the East Coast right there in the middle. Um, it is one of the smart cities of the world, but... Uh, the place I work is uh, uh, something like fifty kilometers away from the heart of the city. Okay, and I work in the rural areas. So, and one big thing I would say about India is like uh, it has got uh, close to one point two billion people are yet to hear the gospel.
0: Oh my goodness! So, aren't and there's a there's a really a diverse set of people groups within India, aren't there? Yes, yes, a lot of. And a lot of language
1: groups. Yeah. Uh, but I said, like, there are something like 1,600 dialects. Oh, wow. And, uh, and the states are divided based on the language. It is, um, you know, every state is its own language. Uh, and huge cultural differences that we have. Uh, you know, like, there are certain things that we don't do the same. Okay. Know,
0: with, with the other places in India. So incredibly diverse, um, and just in terms of ethnicity, in terms of language. But then it's also religiously diverse.
1: Yes, yes, it has got thirty-three million gods and goddesses in India. Unbelievable,
0: and yeah. s- and so for a, for a lot of us who are listening uh, to the podcast, a lot of us come from the West or from uh, North America, and mm-hmm. um, you know, we in some ways you can almost assume some sort of Christian heritage. Um, uh, it's changing now in our country, but for a long time Christianity had a privileged place in our culture. I'm guessing mm-hmm. it's not like that in India for you guys.
1: No, no, no. It's still the the Hindu dominated. In fact, it is picking up today. Uh, The reason is like uh, they believe that foreign religions are taking over uh, their culture. They are destroying their culture. So they're trying to, I mean, stamp their authority on other religions, especially Christianity, because like... uh, Uh, like other religions they might retaliate when something happens but you know Christians are the one who are calm and they also believe that Christianity is one religion which can uh, take hold of India which can I mean cause problems to them so they're trying to really oppress India they have a strategic way of doing it Uh, today there is it's very organized like they have at least five people who are sponsored by the Hindu religious factions in every village in India which is something like 680 Thousand villages in India, and you know they're sponsoring these people and they're training them uh, to especially attack the church, especially and educate the people in that in those villages to, um, I mean, how to oppose the church, how to oppose the Christians. This is what is happening in
0: India right now. So you're saying there's an there's an, a, an organized effort that stretches yeah. across the whole country to suppress yes, Christianity. Yes, is. Now is mm-hmm. this is this a government sponsored action?
1: Yes, it is. And everybody knows it. Like the, the government that is there in India right now is uh, is a part of 200 uh, Hindu organizations. Uh, it, is, it is just a small part of it. So they are supposed to listen to all the other... 199, uh, what they say, like, uh, uh, whatever they say would be executed by this government in
0: India. Oh, that's amazing. So, in, in, in I'm all, what I'm also hearing is that it, this isn't just something the government does from top down, it's actually, it's woven into the hearts of a lot of people who are not Christian. They, 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 they are fearful of the cultural implications of, of, the, of the church and of Christianity. Could you please just repeat the question once more please I said what what I what I'm hearing from you is that this isn't just something that the government does from the top down mm-hmm. but that it's also it's something that rises up within the hearts of a lot of people that there's a genuine fearfulness about christianity and the church and what it might do to the indian culture
1: Yes yes that is that is a, a fear especially like because like uh, you know, they love to have, I um, mean, I mean, they love to hear about Jesus Christ as one of the gods because, okay. like, it doesn't doesn't matter, like, because thirty-three million gods and Jesus is one of them. But you know, the biggest uh, problem that they have is when you say that Jesus is the only way. You know, that is when uh, the problem comes and you know people don't like to hear that. Wow. Um, and you know like uh, and you know the, and one of the other things that we see happen is like when a person is converted into Christianity, what he does is like there are these cultural things that they do as a whole in a village because, like, you know, like we have gods which are mm-hmm. territorial, we have gods uh, which are household gods, we have individual gods. So this is what the pattern. Like, you know, that is the reason we have thirty-three million gods and goddesses. And uh, and you know, when so as a community, there are certain festivals or cultural activities that they do. But when a person is converted to Christianity, like these people just step away from that. And, you know, like, so so they feel that they're being, uh, I mean, their own people are abandoning them. So Christianity has created that division. This is what they think. So they really don't like this to happen. So there is definitely a fear factor like that is there connected with all the people around India.
0: So, Sadir, help me understand what. What are some of the things? I mean, you, you, you're facing incredible challenges, I, not just the challenge of potential persecution, but I'm guessing that even when someone comes to Christ or comes to faith in faith in Christ, helping that person stand strong in faith. I mean, that that itself has to be. An, another challenge and then in, in addition i guess the the thing i want where i would like to start in terms of you, cause some of the ministry that you do there is how how in the world do you do evangelism in a place where you could face physical persecution or legal persecution or social persecution how how have you what's been your experience of evangelism in this context in fact like uh,
1: uh, the biggest problem that we have is uh, you know like uh... When a person comes to Christ, you know, like uh, somehow like it is not just him uh, being, I mean, being sidelined from their family or like, uh, you know, like the the things that they do, like the idol worship or the cultural activities they do. The people when they are when they become Christian, they they try to stay away from these. But it is not just that. But there is also uh, some people are somehow like pushed out of the house. They are not uh, you know somehow like people like for example there is a family and you have kids and people don't want your kids to be married into their families or anything like that there is a social discrimination that happens there sometimes you are alienated and you know like when these people when they first come into Christianity you know like it is a joy because of whatever happened in their lives has brought them to Christ but you know but the pressure that they face socially or uh, like the community puts a pressure on them and even like there is a political pressure that comes on them because like uh, in India uh, whatever uh, I mean, the government uh, brings social uh, help that comes into this. Like, and your people try to Mm -hmm. use those things and say, no, you're not going to get this, or you're not going to get this. And, you know, they try to put those barriers for them to, to, I mean, whatever their right, the government, whatever the government is providing for them, they don't want them to get this. And they use those um, and say, like, no, we are not going to let you have this. If you leave, your Christianity only then will you get all these benefits that the government provides so there is definitely a a huge huge pressure that is there for all the Christians like who are being converted and the second thing you were asking me about uh, the outreach yes Um, How, how does that
0: work how has it worked
1: now in fact like when when we see about outreach what we we are used to a I mean, a type of evangelism that we did. Like, uh, when it comes to evangelism, it is about those open-air meetings that we did. Yes. And, you know, like, evangelism is about, like, you know, we have come to a frame of mind where the churches talk about, like, okay, they pick a couple of days or maybe two or three days and say, like, uh, at that point of time, we will go out into a village... Uh, as a team, with megaphones in hand, and then I walk through these villages, and they share the gospel. And you know, sometimes they go out really far, stay overnight at these places, and share the gospel three days with tracks and just visit home, house to house. And you know, this is the way uh, it is. And and also, like there is this um, huge crusades that happen all over India all the time. Okay. You know, sometimes uh, it is so intimidating to the people outside Christianity because uh, sometimes on 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 the on the freeways and the roads like you find these signs and posters of Christian crusades happening Uh, and you know sometimes these posters are more than the, uh, the general other posters actually so it is like it is so intimidating to people when they see that so much of work is happening and, you know, but somehow like doing all of this, we could only attract Christians more than anybody else. So you're you know, saying like, these
0: uh, these big crusades where they, they they have the posters and all these sorts of things that it, in the end, there's many more Christians coming than non-Christians coming to hear the gospel.
1: Yes, like, yes, like uh, uh, that is what happens. You know, like, you know, somebody's uh, having a big crusade coming up. He would invite all the pastors of the area and yep. say like, we are we, we are holding a big crusade, so we invite, your church to come and participate so what happens is at the end of the day you know the success is measured by how many m- the number that is there yeah and you know like the number is because like uh, they ask the pastors to cooperate and the pastors cooperate with bringing in their church like for example like i am in the rural areas like when there is something going on maybe not the big crusades but you know and i mean the size is um, is when it is when there is a crusade going on in the villages what they do is like they ask us like the rest of the pastors and you know they they take an auto rickshaw which is the which is the basic mode of transportation that we have uh-huh. and you know fill it up with church members and you know take take it to that place and then come back so at the end of the day it is just the Christians that are coming
0: wow so these 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 give you the appearance of, of a great event but they don't necessarily actually transmit mm-hmm. the gospel to people who need it
1: yeah and wow. this
0: is promoted on the televisions this is
1: promoted on saying like oh so many people came in but at the end of the day it is just the Christians and we could never like our intention is like when we do all this you know somehow like uh, our intention is to reach out to the people outside the church but you know it doesn't happen it doesn't happen
0: so um, Sudhir how has your encounter with organic outreach helped you move the dial on how evangelism happens in your setting uh,
1: and and uh, it is amazing I would say like one thing I wanted to share about like you know I came into ministry in the year 2002 like uh, this was something um, you know like my dad and mom started mm-hmm. you know I told you about the tribals like you know there's, there's a huge um, that there is a huge um, diversity. When I say like uh, reaching out to people, there are people all around. Uh, different cultures, different categories of people are mm-hmm. there, especially the tribal areas. Like these are the unreached people groups yes. in uh, two mountain ranges, ranges that run across India on the east and the west coast. Like, okay. uh, So my mom and dad started this ministry. They went and started planting these churches. So as a little kid, eight years old, I started going into these places and put a strong desire in my heart that one day I will go out and do the work of a pastor in these areas I don't know why I said that but you know like that was the desire God has placed in my heart amen so in 2002 um that was where I my first I mean as a pastor my first uh, walk was into these places and you know I started um, and doing reaching out to people like where there's no church areas where there's no church uh, mm-hmm. when I started doing this you know like since that time somehow I felt like India has got a rich heritage of the church mm-hmm. because like it's got 2000 years of history yeah. it is not just some somewhere in the middle of 100 two you No. it is it is with Thomas coming in taking the gospel bringing the gospel to India but yet like uh, today when you see there are still 1.2 billion people who are yet to um, come into the saving grace of Jesus Christ but you know like and you know one thing always bothered me is like why like what is the missing point like what where are we missing like this hmm. is something that was always there in my heart and I was seeking it out really hard and, you know, like, I knew that what we did, uh, the way we did for so many years, and I, I knew that everybody has a heart to do. Um, I mean, take the gospel. We really wanted to evangelize. We really love the people who are outside. And, you know, there is this, uh, I mean, you know, we, we were putting our efforts into it, but somehow, like, something is missing. So I've been seeking it out. Um, and, you know, like, uh, two years ago, when I came to Shorelight and um, and and attending an intensive training program with Organic Outreach International it was such an amazing experience because like it was like the the missing key that I've been seeking out for Hmm. so many years you know and I found it right there Wow. It was such a blessing. So it changed my everything. So I knew right away that I need to take this back to India. You know, like you know, we need to just make those changes and then we need to take this good good news to India.
0: So you you encountered something in organic outreach that that took you outside of the paradigm of the big crusade kind of megaphone approach to sharing the gospel. Um, what was it? Do you remember anything, any concept from organic outreach in particular that you were like, okay, this is this is something I can take and I can take back and I can transmit to other people? Building relationships,
1: you mm. know, like uh, having, um, living a l- life. I mean, a lifestyle of evangelism. It is about... No, we are... India is a huge country. You find people everywhere. You know, like you have friends all over. Like, you know, like you have... You know, every place you go, be it a shopping mall, be it a school, be it a college, or even even your work spot. You know, people... I mean, it is not like there are a few people coming there. It's a a bunch of people. It's always, I mean... Uh, you know, cramped with the people all around, and you know, you, you find lots of people, and you know, like building those relationships is something that really struck my heart. You know, somehow, like, you know, what happened is like evangelism when we go out with the megaphone on, yeah, uh, it is like just going out there and just dumping what you have in your mind mm. all you have, whatever you know, whatever you have by hearted, like, you know, whatever you like, have memorized, and all of this, and you just go out and start yelling at people and telling them where they are doing wrong like what their religion is Yeah, Uh, you know sometimes like as I said like you know one of the reasons for being uh, I mean the people uh, hating Christianity is because like uh, too much of falsehood in their religion too much of stories that really don't I mean make sense so in Christians when we go out to preach the gospel we start criticizing the religion criticizing Mm. (laughs) excuse me criticizing their uh I mean the superstitious actions that they do in 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 trying to do things their way. So like we criticize this, and it that really like the people did not like it. But you know like uh, so because we have a very little I mean uh, f- a time frame when you are actually going out there with the crusade. You have a little bit of time, and you got to dump whatever you have. And when you go out into the streets with the megaphone, you got to just. Oh, we got half an hour before somebody comes and stops the work that we are doing. We we have this just half an hour. We need to dump what we have. So this is how we did it. But, you know, like organic outreach is just, I mean, got us to it. I mean, it was so amazing that, you know, it is not about just, outreach is not about just just telling what you know. Outreach is about building relationships. You know, that was amazing. It was so good for me. Like I thought like this is, this is what, Our people in India should know.
0: Yeah, there's this, this, you know, truism, uh, famous kind of just saying in America, people don't know, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Yeah,
0: Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, organic outreach definitely uh, looks at that. And uh, obviously, when the light breaks into a person's heart, falsehoods are exposed. But sometimes if there's no light, the light that love brings, uh, people aren't Mm -hmm. ready to look and see uh, what it is that you're saying. And that's, that's amazing. Now, Sudhir, you didn't just come and hear the message of organic outreach. I mean, you work with people, you work with churches. Can you tell me some of the steps you've taken, uh, in your area, in your region of India to help, help other people begin to understand that this new approach to reaching out. In fact,
1: like, um, for me to tell, like, you know, like, uh, I've been seeking this out, like I was just trying to find out, like what are we missing, until mm-hmm. I came here uh, to Organic Outreach International, attended the uh, the training program. But you know what? Like, lives have changed, and it's always evident in front of our eyes. Like we have seen things like personal evangelism or just building those relationship changed lives. You know, this was there. In fact, like the way I mean, today I'm a pastor because of one man who took that time. Mm -hmm. Um, and to build a relationship with my dad you know my dad was an orphan like he was three years old when he lost his dad Um, He was raised up in an orphanage and we are from a Dalit community, like the untouchable community. Mm -hmm. India's got a huge caste system and we are from the lowest of the... So when my dad was growing as a little kid, it was really tough at that point of time. The untouchability was very prevalent and it was really hard on people who are from this group. So the struggles that he faced as a little kid and um, in the orphanage, he always, uh, you know, like he had that desire in his heart Mm -hmm. He grew up with a desire saying that one day I will, you know, I I want to take care of orphans like me. This is what he said. But, you know, like as as he grew up and he got a good job, he came into the city and then, you know, like he lost all that. He became, I mean, he got caught up in the world and everything. And then uh, he became an abusive husband and an abusive father. We were so afraid of him, Mm -hmm. you know, until one man who took up that, I mean, he he would come to my dad's office during the lunchtime because uh a time when he's free, he would knock on the door, go to him and start to spend time with him, build relationship with him. Um Until, you know, like a point of time when my dad said, OK, not my office, come to my house. He invited him to his house uh, because <laughs> relationships. <and right? laughs> then, yes, yes. He invited him to his house. And, you know, like that night, you know, we were still we know how how bad my dad was so that that night um you know he invited all his friends there in fact like um he was just i don't know like uh his maybe he was thinking about just pushing him out like of his life or something like that Mm -hmm. because so but you know that night god took hold of his life because this man was persistent this man I mean, cared to love him in spite of all uh, the bad things he was trying to do against him. You know, wow. he built that relationship and he he found Christ that night. And my mom was hearing this conversation from outside uh, that room. Like She surrendered her life there right away. <laughs> and since then, you know, like there was a huge transformation that happened. And today I am a pastor because of that man that 's
0: incredible, you know so yeah. that 's organic outreach be, be, even yes. before you read the book <laughs> mm-hmm. so how, 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 know, how have you taken how have you taken the this method organic outreach method? I know you have a heart for training pastors, raising up leaders yes, how, how are leaders and pastors in your area becoming impacted by this message of organic outreach
1: in fact, like uh, two thousand and seventeen when I finished my training, I just went back to India. And, you know, I straight away started to talk with people, actually, like, you know, it, it it was it was hard because, like, people don't like to change. Right. You know, the, yeah. Especially in the church. One, <laughs> yes. Yes. Especially in the church. And in fact, like there was this sermon I mean, pastors, a group of pastors I work with regularly. And one of them has actually said, like, we have been doing this for 50 years and you are saying that it's not the right way to do it. This is what he said. So it was hard, definitely, f- f- uh, for me to start. I mean, take. I mean, bringing them into that. You know, that is how, like, uh, um, the uh, the New Testament Church or mm. like the first generation Church started doing it. And I started to point out to the uh, the places and acts and showing them how they have actually done evangelism, how they build relationships, and how they started doing this. And you know, like, and slowly, uh, we started to. I mean. Get people understand this. And uh, in 2018, January, like we had that first conference uh, that we did. Oh, my. We actually did three seminars. We <laughs> did three seminars, like three training programs, the intensive training programs with Organic Outreach International. Uh, three, what, three different um,
0: ones in 2018?
1: Yeah, yeah. With and have, 350 pastors.
0: With 350 pastors. Oh my yes. goodness. And, and what, how, how much of a region are you covering? yeah we are
1: we covering uh, uh, the whole of the district of visakhapatnam the oh whole my district goodness. we covered the whole district
0: so that would be like a state in the united states yes like we had
1: we had something like we did one in the rural areas okay uh, we did one in um, you know like there is a semi urban uh, place and we went into this and then we went straight into the city so we did three different conferences at three different places so with you know, a hundred like, and f-
0: 350 pastors yes yeah, sir Oh that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And and what's the response been like in the hearts of these guys? And in fact like one guy
1: came and he will he will always just come up to me like he he calls me and says, "You know what? Like that seminar has actually changed the way we we do outreaches. Sadly, he started to, uh, work with us, the members of the church, where they would go out, start building relationships today, mm. and you know, like, uh, and you know, uh, maybe finding that leadership team is a big thing in mm-hmm. India because, like. Uh, uh, the way we targeted is like uh, some of the you know mega churches the big churches are the one who don't want to change much okay they don't want to go out of this so, so we are working with the uh, the smaller and the people the uprising uh the churches that are fairly new and all of that and so it is it is hard to build that leadership team there is a sense of insecurity also okay you know it might be the cause but but you know like when they start to understand when they start to practice this they will they are getting to know yes we need a team we need yeah. an organ I mean influence team leader like outreach influence team leader they started to see the need for this yes we are building now we're working with pastors we're trying to help these pastors i mean identify those young le- the leaders yes like um who would take up this so that uh, the whole church there's a
0: cultural shift in the church um towards evangelism wow that is just amazing it's beautiful um the church, sometimes the church itself finds things, finds it difficult to make adjustments, to make changes, especially leaders. Mm-hmm. I mean, we get in a rut. We get used yes. to doing things a certain way and sometimes changes mm-hmm. threaten our position or we, mm-hmm. we have to be vulnerable enough to say that, hey, maybe maybe I'm not an expert in everything. Um, yeah. Maybe there's another way to do something that's going to work and be even more effective. And that's not always easy. I think even for, especially for leaders, because it, you know, it mm-hmm. takes a, it takes a degree of humility to admit that.
1: Yes, sir. Yeah, and especially like in India, like we have this patriarchal system. Yeah, you know, sometimes it is really tough. It's really tough <laughs> because, like, even if they, uh, even if it is like me doing it wrong, I will not admit it in front of people. I would rather. Uh, say like I would defend what it is. So, so this is what happened. Like when that guy came up, when this pastor came up and said, like, we have been doing this for 50 years. Why are you <laughs> trying to change us? Like, this is what he said. But you know, he's understanding now. He's actually coming praise the into Lord. terms like, yes, yes, he's changing now.
0: Oh, praise the Lord. Sudhir, so, yes, yes, I, I feel like we're just scratching the surface. Are you open to having another, uh, another conversation sometime?
1: Yes, sir. I wonderful. So It'd
0: be a privilege. That's be- wonderful. How can we be praying for you in your ministry?
1: Uh, you know like we we are in the process of actually like as I said like my dad was an orphan who wanted to uh, start an orphanage and he did actually in 1996 but you know like things went wrong by 2014 we have to shut down because of the government because okay. of various other things but you know we restarted it in 2018 with 20 kids now uh, and um, and we are starting a school this June uh for the people and and you know one of the basics organic outreach has really changed me because like everything today i like we do we attempt to do it is like with that mindset of the organic outreach, like how are we using this as a tool to actually reach out to people? yeah, and school is one thing that would be that tool. Like uh, because like there's a huge need for quality education in India Mm -hmm. uh, because of a failure in the public uh, school system in India. So we are trying to build a school. No, actually, we have an infrastructure that uh, can hold 600 kids. Um, We have an infrastructure we have which can house 200 orphans. So we are trying to make that's place like the campus like that God has provided us yes. with. we want it to be utilized okay. as a tool or to reach out organically like the people outside the church that and is that's these, beautiful so please pray for that
0: we will definitely pray for that and if people want to learn more about your ministry um, can yes, you uh, where can they go uh, it is charitas.foundation
1: okay uh, the web address is and um, they can find like what we are doing today awesome as a, as a ministry yes
0: sir and we'll put some we'll put some links in the episode notes as well, we'll yes sir well Sudhir, i want to just i want to thank you and if if you don't mind could i just say a, a prayer for you brother yes sir yes sir lord i want to thank you so much for this brother thank you for the ministry of the gospel that you've laid in his heart thank you for the ways the lord that you've used different people and just a chain of different events to uh, touch his own heart with the gospel, Lord, so that now he can he can bring the gospel to many others. Father, I continue to pray that you would allow him uh, to have a, a spirit of love for. The leaders that he encounters, um, so and and be able to have an influence, Lord, that that helps draw people into a more relational approach to reaching out to people. God, we pray for those that you put in his path, Father, uh, that that they would as they meet him, they would know the love of Jesus Christ. And God, we pray for financial and and resource blessings to be upon uh, Caritas uh, Foundation so that they can build out this incredible ministry that you've given them, that they can, they can educate children and, Lord, lead whole family systems into relationship with Jesus Christ through the gospel. So, Lord, we just come before you and pray all these things and more for this brother and for his family and for the ministry that you've given And We thank you, Lord, for this time that we had in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, hey, brother, God bless you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to be there.
0: Well, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Sudhir. I want to encourage you, check out Caritas Foundation, www.caritas.foundation. It's a great way to find out about their ministry and how they're reaching out and touching many, many lives. Um, and it's also an opportunity for you to consider looking at ways that you could potentially support that ministry. So give it a look and learn more about Sudi or hear more about his story. And hopefully we'll have him on again. We're to also encourage you, help us get the word out by joining the Organic Outreach Media Squad. All you have to do is send an email to info at organicoutreach.org and let us know that you want to join the team. If you do, we'll send you one of our newly minted Organic Outreach Media Squad mugs. Just imagine how jealous your friends are going to be when they see you sipping your favorite beverage in one of these babies. I think you want to do it. Well, for now, (laughs) this is Adam Barr reminding you, make time to share God's life today.